0: From the betting capital of the world. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels.
1: It's Monday here at Wager Talk. Welcome. To all of you viewing on the Sports Grid TV network, welcome to a few more viewers on channel 719. Welcome to those of you listening on the I Radio network and all of our podcast outlets. This is your Sports Central for betters. Ralph and I are going to do it in the next hours. I'm Teddy Covers, at Teddy underscore Covers. Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV. And Ralph, another weekend in the books. We've got seven of them in the NFL. And this weekend, another wacky one. But... When we're talking about one prevailing trend for the NFL this week or this season, I should say, been the road teams, man, road teams, eight and five against the spread again yesterday, hitting better than 62 percent for the full season. Doesn't matter what role favorite dog road teams have been the moneymakers from day one in the NFL this season. That was on the case again this past Sunday.
2: Absolutely. And if you look at the road dogs, what's surprising is they're actually 30 and 37 straight up. The average line of those road dogs plus 5.7 points per game. So several weeks back, we talked about finding value in those dogs that you think can win outright to perhaps sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well as your ATS wager.
1: Yeah, and certainly... Uh, when again, 30 and 37, that's straight up. We're talking about dogs that have been averaged more than five points underdogs per game, five and a half point underdogs per game. And that, of course, translates to about a plus 160 range, plus 170 range on the money line. So when you go 30 and 37, when you bet everything at plus 160 or plus 170, have a nice little bit of profit in your pocket through the first part of the NFL season. On Mondays, Ralph, we like to go through every single game uh, on the board in the NFL that happened yesterday. Um, Let's start with what we saw last, and that was Sunday night football, and it wasn't much of a game. The Dallas Cowboys throttled the Philadelphia Eagles start to finish on Sunday night football. A very disheartening performance for Doug Peterson and company and a big bounce back for Dak Prescott, who threw the ball all over the field last night because... Zeke Elliott was able to run, and that's how Dallas has success. When the running game is there, Prescott's great. When the running game's not there, not so great. Last night, one-sided result, Cowboys start to finish against the Eagle.
2: I think we have to add in a healthy Amari Cooper. Remember, he went out after, I think, four plays last week. So him being on the field, being able to stretch stretch the field from the get-go, you know when you can get Elliott with a hundred and Cooper with a hundred, it's just the perfect combination.
1: So when it comes to bad beats yesterday in the NFL, there were two that really stood out. One was kind of a bad push, depending on where you got the number. The Jags uh, <laughs> and Bengals somehow combining to produce 44 points in that contest, thanks to a flurry of late scoring in the fourth quarter, including a pick six and a made two point conversion. Well, lots of betters pushed. <laughs> with that under. Uh of course the bills against the uh the dolphins was every bit as bad. Uh where it wasn't like that was this offensive <laughs> up and down the field type of contest. It was a defensive slugfest throughout and what happened? Fourth quarter, defense has got gassed, Ryan you know Magic is on display and lo and behold, that game too flies over the total and they even got the uh uh it's one of those games where if you had the under it felt right the whole way until it didn't cash at the end.
2: It did. I think the Cincinnati one was worse by far, because you're at your own 20. That's what you want for an under game. He throws the pick six. And then even on the final drive, when they took over Jacksonville kicked the field goal with about two minutes to go or just before the two minute warning Cincinnati gets a roughing the roughing the passer on what would have been third and six for a first down and then another pass interference penalty, you know, the Jags should have been just playing prevent defense and not rushing the passer. So uh, to me, the way that panned out, it would have been worse had Buffalo's return of an onside kick been the touchdown that put it over the total, I would have voted for that. But again, it had gone over prior to that return onside kick.
1: Sure. That's always wacky to see uh, the onside kick as Miami's trying to maybe steal it late. Instead, it uh, gets caught out of the air and run into the end zone uh, for a touchdown the other way. Those are really, those are especially frustrating when you just spent like three hours sweating out of cover and then, like, all right, now we're going to try to win oops. The outside kick goes back for a TD. That was not a point spread difference maker in that ballgame. Miami, pretty much wire to wire. The bill's not built to cover minus 17. So this one stood out to me, Ralph. And as soon as I saw the final score, I'm like, I got to check out what Ralph has in his database. Because the Washington Redskins got shut out at home yesterday and they still covered the spread. That can't happen very often. It was really ugly field conditions, but make no mistake about it. The 49ers offense is broken right now. They're missing their fullback and both starting tackles. And yeah, they shut out the Redskins. They still didn't cover the point spread in an ugly game at FedEx Field in D.C.
2: Well, a couple things I tweeted today, San Fran's allowed 491 yards their last three games. There's already been 12 teams this year that have allowed five over 500 yards in a game that rain fest. I don't know how much you could take out of San Fran's offense being broken. Yeah, they're not good, but I mean, the weather there was just such a factor. Shortest game in a decade, two hours and 36 minutes was the total time in that game. And let's mention the double digit home dogs easily goes under now four and 27, 87.1% against the spread. And Teddy during the break, I will look up how many teams got shut out and have covered in the last 10 years. We'll have that to start the next segment after the break.
1: I'll put it over under a half as teams that got shut out and covered. Doesn't happen very often in the NFL. Uh, but of course, it is worth noting that trend Ralph was talking about, that is 27 and 27-4 to the under against the double-digit road favorites. So with double-digit road favorites, that is on display again tonight with the Jets in New England. We'll have more NFL discussion, go through every single game from yesterday, what we learned, what we need to know, how to make educated wagers this week. Stay tuned. You're watching Wager Talk. chill out during the break i make ralph work ralph makes me work but the goal is give you guys good info ralph what'd you find during the break about teams that get shot out and cover the point spread clearly it doesn't happen very often
2: well you lost teddy i said the last 10 years uh, but I did have to go back 20 years to find one, going back to 1999. So in the last 20 years, it's only happened one other time. In 2007, week 12, November 26, 2007, on a Monday night, the Miami Dolphins were getting 16 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they lost that game 3 to nothing.
1: I don't remember that game, and I usually remember that stuff. That's kind of weird. So yeah, twice in 20 years is about how often we would think a team is going to cover the spread when they got shut out, what the Redskins did yesterday. Let's get right back into the NFL and go through some of these games because there were a lot of teams looked really good yesterday. Let's start with Minnesota. The Vikings looked like Super Bowl contenders in Detroit. Defense wasn't great, but that offense has looked as good as it has all season. They picked apart the Lions start to finish, hung 42. Could have been 47 if Steph Diggs would have caught a touchdown pass That went right between his hands, or 49, I should say. Uh, But heck of an offensive game for Minnesota. That team looks a little bit scarier now. They did a month ago, Uh, (laughs) Ralph. No question about it.
2: It did. I mean, and Detroit was a very banged up team on defense, even coming off the bye and and they looked it against the Vikings. But, uh, you know, right now we're going to talk about a few teams looking good, you know, and of those teams looking good, Baltimore, Minnesota, Dallas and San Fran. Those teams lead the NFL in rushing They're number one through four in that order.
1: And it's funny because we always, you know, it's a quarterback league and the NFL is a pass first league at this stage. And yet when you look at the teams at the top, the teams that are making their backers money, you know, Baltimore, Minnesota, Dallas, San Fran, all, well, Dallas hasn't been, the rest of them have all been elite point spread teams this year. And lo and behold, they're all the elite running team, not the elite passing teams, the elite running teams in the modern uh, NFL So, I mean, the Lions had some big-time injuries on defense yesterday, and it got worse as the game went. Snacks Harrison got hurt. Uh, Darius Slay got hurt. That's a banged-up defense moving forward. Seattle can't blame their performance on injuries. The Seahawks just had a bad game yesterday. Baltimore came in there and lit them up start to finish. The Ravens looked like Super Bowl contenders after a couple of iffy performances. Impressive showing from Lamar Jackson in Seattle, leading the Ravens to the straight-up win by double digits as an underdog uh, in against the Seahawks
2: one of those very misleading box score games teddy we're trying to teach our viewers on you know how to analyze Baltimore with only 14 first downs. Well, you know, if you have a quarterback who's rushing 14 times for 116 yards and your brand new uh, quarterback who he just signed three days earlier got a pick six, you figure the rain in Seattle would help them. They're used to playing in that miserable weather. But Russell Wilson looked very mediocre. The, the pick six he threw was I, I don't that's not that's non-explainable for for Russell Wilson to do that. Uh, Baltimore looked. Look like a team on offense and a defense that is going to make some noise from here on out.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced the Ravens defense is as good as it looked yesterday. And again, Russell Wilson, he literally hadn't made a mistake all season. That was his first interception. But his first interception of the year really hurt the Seahawks in that home loss uh, to Baltimore. And I'm pretty sure when we talk to Arthur Caesar later in the show, he's going to tell us that that was one of the worst games for the house. Lots of money. Coming for the underdog Ravens yesterday, both pros and Joes. The biggest mistakes the betting market, the biggest the single biggest mistake the betting market has made this NFL season is downgrading the New Orleans Saints after Drew Brees got hurt and Teddy Bridgewater uh, took over. Since that time, the Saints have won every game. They've covered every point spread, and they've been every bit as good as they would, as they were with Drew Brees behind center. It's the defense that's been carrying them at times. Yesterday, special teams, defense, offense, everything clicking the Saints they look scary in Chicago yesterday and another ugly showing from that Bears offense
2: we know you're going to play some good teams and some bad teams during a four-game stretch but if you're the New Orleans Saints and you've just played Dallas Tampa Bay Jacksonville and Chicago and you have yet to allow 260 yards in any of those games it shows, you know, and that's after they looked mediocre against Houston and and gave up 515 yards against Seattle. But again, they had the lead, and those were backdoor yards. We're seeing an elite team that's holding opponents under 100 yards rushing. Uh, they had a lot of high picks in 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 the defense in the draft lately, and uh, boy, they're making them pay off. Any team, any quarterback can play well if his defense is going to shut out a foe when they got a running game uh, like they did. And w- what impressed me is I was on the wrong side. I was on the bears. I thought without Kamara that the saints would struggle. And even without Kamara, that's what impressed me the, the most Bridgewater already has locked up comeback player of the year. And if he plays a few more weeks, he might get MVP votes even with only playing half the season.
1: Yeah. At one point, I know the first quarter was fairly competitive At one point after the first quarter, the Saints had outgained the Bears 283-23 to over a three-quarter span. That was a one-sided game, far more than the final score might indicate. The LA Chargers are now 2-5. and They got in the end zone on three straight plays at the end of the game, but none of them seemed to count. Austin Eckler ruled down at the one, then Melvin Gordon ruled down at the one, then Melvin Gordon ruled to have fumbled. At the one-yard line, Melvin Gordon ranks number 46 among 47 in qualifying backs in yards per carry. Austin Eckler was the better back, and they just spent all this money on Gordon. And Gordon fumbled away their chances. Chargers, tough loss against Ryan Tannehill on the Titans.
2: I didn't watch this game, but wasn't there also a situation where there was a quarterback sneak and they said he lost yards, which I I heard wasn't the case. So, you know, I, I look at the game and it's when things are going bad. These are the kind of mistakes that you have when you're the L.A. Chargers, Tennessee. You know, what can you say? Ryan Tannehill looked good. The Tennessee offense with Derrick Henry and with Davis stretching the field. Look like it it can do something moving forward. We know their defense is an upper half defense, and and Ryan Tannehill impressed me as 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 the leader of Tennessee. I don't think any anything moving forward uh, is going to keep him from being the quarterback.
1: Yeah, Mar- Marcus Mariota. Uh, Tannehill was a clear upgrade over Mariota yesterday. It's clearly sparked the Titans. All that being said, the only reason they won it's just like that the Giants when they beat the Bucks. You know they won because the kicker missed a field goal. In this instance, uh, the only reason uh, that uh, they won was because the Chargers gave the game, uh, you know, and the refs and the Chargers combined to give it to them at the end of the game uh, after the L.A. had almost gotten in the end zone on multiple occasions. So people are like, oh, the, 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 the Falcons have hit rock bottom. You know, no, they haven't. <laughs> no, they hadn't. Everybody's getting right against Atlanta, and now Matt Ryan has hurt the severity of his injury very much a concern, but the Falcons are dead whether Matt Ryan's healthy or not. They looked awful and lifeless again yesterday against the Rams.
2: Well, Quinn got the the nod of support from Arthur Blank, so does that mean he's probably done next week with Matt Schaub at quarterback? Uh, Atlanta, to me, is one of the most baffling teams how, where where I thought they were going to be to the level they were going to play to the level they're playing at now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got Atlanta as a bottom five team right now, and that's with a healthy Matt Ryan. If it's Matt Schaub behind center, <laughs> there might be a bottom three team. You know, they might be Redskins territory or maybe even Chiefs territory. We're talking about Matt Moore behind QB. We'll talk a lot about Kansas City later in the week. The pros and the Joes all over the Giants yesterday. Well, that wasn't a right side. Arizona, wire to wire. They jump all over the G-men and Kyler Murray and company all of a sudden on a three-game winning streak.
2: Well, you didn't mention this. I mean, this game. You look at the scoring: forty-eight points. It went under by by a couple points. There was only five hundred and eight total yards scored in this. Kyler Murray only one hundred and four yards passing, but Edmonds was a dynamic running back. Uh, DJ only one carry for two yards. Yet Arizona wins on the road.
1: Jacoby Brissett tore up the Texans, the Raiders' D got torched in Green Bay, and we're getting ready to break down Monday Night Football, side, total, props, and World Series talk coming up next right here on be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with the DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com Optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, lineup alerts, breaking news, late late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with a promo code DUNK. D-U-N-K. Visit DailyRoto.com slash dunk to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash dunk. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. It's Monday night football time, Ralph. That means it's Patriots and the Jets. And you look at, you know, double-digit favorite this week. Next week, somehow or other, they got the Steelers and the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Double-digit favorite again next week. Maybe not the marquee matchups the league it was hoping for when they set up this schedule. Nonetheless, there's a game to talk about. There's a game on the slate. That's what we're going to do. And doesn't matter if it's the most competitive game or the least competitive game, as long as there is a point spread and a total. And for Monday Night Football props, there's plenty to talk about. So so far today. We've seen a little bit of money come for New England. This was nine and a half overnight. Now we're seeing mostly tens across the board. A little bit of under money has come. There were 43 and a half. Now it's 43s, 42 and a half, mostly across the board. And a lot of that, Ralph, has to do with the Jets' injury report. New York, to me, looked like a no-brainer for Monday Night Football. They really did. You know, you talk about the short turnaround revenge and they got blasted by New England a couple of weeks back without Sam Darnold. I think the Jets are a much different team with Darnold behind center. Defensively, they're going to get Moseley back this week. The defense was good last week against Dallas. They're not a quit team now with a third string QB you can't play in Luke Falk. They're a real team with Sam Darnold behind center uh, and a defense that can get stops. So there's a ton to like about the Jets, but there's one thing not to like about the Jets tonight and it's a big thing. Well, there's two things. The first is the injury report. The Jets don't have any healthy starting offensive linemen, not one. They could be missing four of their five starting offensive linemen tonight. It is an ugly, ugly ugly-looking injury report for that Jets offensive line, and a lot of the guys they were hoping were going to play are not going to suit up this evening. That might be a problem against the league's best defense so far this year. And, Ralph, in addition, We're talking about a Patriots team that over the last 15 years has covered at a 63% clip. No team in the NFL is even close to what New England has been able to do over that stretch of time. Every time I find a reason to bet against the Patriots, I'm better off if I say, all right, I'm going to pass this game. And the only way I can play tonight is to take the points with the Jets. It's a Jets spot. I think the Jets are better than the markets are giving them credit for. I don't believe New England's as good as the markets are giving them credit for. And even with all of that, Ralph. I'm still scared to bet against New England. I don't want to get as betting as bad. I When you had your head slapped into the wall so many times, betting against the same team and the same coach and the same quarterback, at some point, you're supposed to learn your lesson. That being said, Jets are passed for me. What about you on Monday Night Football?
2: I agree with you. I was looking at the Jets, and I'm going to, you know, we know the Patriots have just been dominant in ATS numbers, Teddy, but I will point this out. Since 2014, when they are a division road team, they're only eight, nine against the spread. So they excel at home. They excel on the road against non-division foes. But again, division road games, eight and nine against the spread 12 and five ATS. I mean, 12 and five straight up. So you're looking at a situation where we have been able to to play against them. You know, I want to mention that the angle we talked about for the 49ers in Washington, the under the under with a double digit dog. And just because if the jets were nine and a half, I gave out a record. Now, if the number was nine or more, the record was five and 28. So there's one more win put in there, but it doesn't all all of a sudden go away because there's one less line. It's just the thought process of having a team that's an inferior team at home. It doesn't matter if it's eight and a half, a half, ten, ten and a half. 10, 10 and a half. It's the way the teams perceive each other. That's the reason it's gone under because they try to slow the pace of the game. So, even with the total that was popping under 10, just wanted to give a clarification on that for some people perhaps new to ATS or trend betting when we're looking at numbers.
1: So New England is such a unique team in the sense of they've been at the top of the NFL for two decades. And yet at no point during that span has the betting market caught up with them. And you look at recent years, 2016, they go 15-3-1 and one against the spread. 2016 uh, uh sorry 2016 15 3 and 1 2017 11 7 and 1 last year they go 12 and 7 uh, against the number this year already profitable significantly profitable uh for uh, 2019 despite the fact that they had suffered a bad beat against the jets the first time around the jets did not score an offensive touchdown that score was what 31 to nothing uh and then they scored two garbage touchdowns late uh <laughs> on uh, defense and special teams to cover the number against New England in the first meeting, but it's a Patriots team where the statistical profile just hasn't matched up with the results on the field. And that, in my mind, has everything to do with the head coach, in particular, and the quarterback secondary. But you ask me why is New England what they are, against the spread, that's Belichick, man. Belichick has the ability to game plan in a way that few other coaches have ever done and he's had his problems though against Adam Gase. I seem to remember a Dolphins team pulling it together a hail mary late over Rob Gronkowski last year, pull the outright upset over New England. That team was coached by Adam Gase. Any final thoughts when it comes to side or total tonight? I know that under trend makes a ton of sense. Again, 28 and five, and it makes sense. Those are the type of angles, Ralph, that I'm glad you give out on this show every day. they make a whole lot of sense to this better.
2: I've mentioned it probably every week we've talked about New England. I'm going to mention it again. Bill Belichick is his own DC this year. He's taking extra pride. And you look at what they've allowed and take away, you know, a defensive touchdown by the Jets and a defensive touchdown by the Giants. He's held every opponent to 10 points or less. They're allowing 234 yards and 13 first downs. And even in the, you know, if you go back to look at the Miami game, he brought starters back in when Miami were driving because he wanted the shutout. So again, you give Bill Belichick defensive scheming, that's one thing. You allow him as to be his own DC and call the plays and take some extra pride in it. He showed us what this defense can do with his little tweaks.
1: Prop shop time. Let's go through some of the numbers for tonight. I'm going to use numbers from Caesars Entertainment here in Las Vegas. Sportsbook to sportsbook. These numbers can and do vary, often significantly. Be sure to shop around and to get the best of the number from your local sportsbook. Tom Brady over under 285 and a half passing yards. And I'm telling you, Ralph, that number seems high to me in a game that we expect unders and a game in which we expect New England to be running the football. This one stood out. As uh, it's the Brady name, but New England's offense is not about chucking the football all over the field this year. It's about defense and running. 285 and a half. The only way I play that is under. A Brady no INT, minus 145, yes, plus 125. And you look at the difference between Tom Brady over under 285 and a half passing yards, Sam Darnold only at 221 and a half passing yard, even though you can expect the Jets to throw the ball more than New England this evening.
2: Well, I look at Tom Brady, and he's actually topped 300 yards in four of his six games. Didn't top it against Buffalo and didn't top it at Miami where they didn't need to because they were running the ball so well. So he has thrown more, especially early. As far as the interception goes, Brady was interception free the first three games. He has thrown an interception each of the last three games with those numbers said, I uh, I'll take no action in either of those going to Sam Darnold. Uh, I, I do agree that they're going to throw the ball more. He threw 28 times against Buffalo, 28 of 41 in, in the first game against Buffalo and then against Dallas last week, he was 22 of 32. So I, I, I tend to agree with you on the over, but I'm not going to bet it. There is one prop I've got my eye on, which I already bet, which we'll get to in a minute.
1: All right. Of course, Darnold, uh, touchdown passes over under one and a half, the over plus 170. If you're expecting a lot of Jets offense tonight. That Darnold over one and a half uh, plus 170 might be something to look at. Sony Michelle rushing yards over under 68 and a half. Michelle TD, Yes, no. Minus 110 either way. James White rushing and receiving yards over under 59 and a half. The Patriots backs 68 and a half, 59 and a half. One rushing, one rushing and receiving.
2: Um, no, for me, either one of those. You look at James White, he has 57, 46 and 46 yards receiving the last three. But he's only had one carry and two carries in two of those games. So not enough for me to go over. Uh, James White, I mean, Sonny Michelle, uh, rushing yards, 86 and 91 last game. But those were the Giants in Washington. He did have 63 against Buffalo, 85 against Miami. I would lean with him over thinking they're not going to throw Brady as much.
1: Le'Veon Bell rushing receiving yards over under 85 and a half. I wouldn't play that over, not against New England's defense. That, to me, looks like an under. Jamison Crowder over under four and a half receptions. The over, plus 105. The under, minus 125. Some Jets offensive props for Monday Night Football.
2: I do like Crowder. I bet I bet Jamison Crowder over. He had 14 receptions in Sam Darnold's first start against Buffalo against Dallas. He had 9 targets leading the team 6 receptions. Sam Darnold likes to bet at Jameson Crowder I bet over
1: 4.5 You can get a plus price, plus price return on Crowder over 4.5 uh, here in Las Vegas. Plus 105 it says Ralph Michaels. When we come back our third to Caesar from Link Sportsbook here in Las Vegas DailyRoto.com Follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. You can follow Ralph on Twitter at calsportslv. You can follow our special guest on Twitter at art Dice 21 again at art Dice 21. That of course, Arthur Caesar will bring him on in just a moment, but be sure to follow sports Grid TV, follow on Twitter, follow on YouTube, follow on Instagram. You'll get access to all of this quality content on the Sports Grid TV network. Again, Sports Grid TV, follow on YouTube and Instagram. You'll get notified every time we go live on air and every time we bring in our dice. Arthur, how are you today? How was the weekend at Caesar Sportsbook or at the link, one of the Caesar Sportsbooks?
7: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Everything's good. Uh, we had a great weekend. It's always fun when it's football, and I'm here ready to rock and roll as always.
1: So I wanted to start off the, the the call today with a question about what your shift is like. I mean, people understand the concept of taking bets and booking, but when you go in there as a boss for, you know, however long you work, 8, 10, 12 hours at a time, I'm sure, what do you do all day? What's it like running, working a shift at the Link Sportsbook here in Las Vegas? You know, Teddy... Wh-
7: Obviously on the weekends, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be there 10 hours. I I'd be there 15 hours. If I could, I love it. You got to drag me out of there. But uh, obviously, you know, you're monitoring your writers, you're, you know, making sure, you know, you're they, they're they're approving the right bets and you're approving them and voids and you know, any disputes a customer might have with something games being graded, all that. So you're kind of just overseeing the operation.
1: Is it stressful? Is it one of those deals where you're sweating? Uh, you know, you're, uh, or is it one of those deals where you have time? You're allowed to you can schmooze a little bit. You can, uh, you know, uh, appease the the clientele in there. Uh, make sure that your workers are happy. Is it is it more schmoozing or is it more stress? For me, I, I don't feel stress at work. I I love what
7: I do. I, I'm so happy to go in. You can definitely schmooze. There's definitely a lot of our bigger players. You know. You can go around the counter, give them a handshake. How you doing? What's going on today? You know, who do you like? All that type of stuff. So for me, it's never, there's never been one ounce of stress there. I just really love what I do.
2: So are you telling our viewers when they come to the link, they could say, Hey, Arthur, I watch you on TV on wager talk. I just wanted to stop and say, hi.
7: Ralph, they absolutely can. I'll be more than happy to talk to anyone you know, and if they have any questions about what we're doing over at the link. Yeah, absolutely. I always have time for people, of course. I think that's part of our job.
2: Awesome. Let's talk Monday Night Football. You know, we obviously want to know where the action is side in total. And I have one more question for you. You know, we, we heard about all the money you got in the preseason on the Bears and the Browns. Does the New York market, is it big enough when the Jets and the Giants play that you get enough support for those teams that it moves the needle?
7: Ralph, as far as Monday goes, we we definitely need the Jets. Uh, There's a lot of money tied in with the Pats, just, you know, as far as straight bets because everyone's always going to blindly bet the Pats, and then there's still a lot of money tied in with parlays, so to kind of finish up people's parlays from the weekend – uh, total is kind of a wash. No, no real over or under action. It's kind of just in the middle, but as far as your question about the New York market goes, yeah, I mean, you know, you figure the New York teams get more action. I mean, the Jets and giants are kind of having down seasons, So, you know, it's tough to figure new England though has become a national team, whether people like them or they've jumped on their bandwagon or they just hate them and want to bet against them. And Brown, it's funny, the Browns and bears, like you said, the most heavily bet team to win the Super Bowl going into the year. And they have been so awful. So, I mean, I guess the public was really wrong on them.
1: Which is probably good news uh, for uh, the Lynx Sportsbook uh, and all of the Caesars properties. When the bettors are wrong, that's good for the bookmakers. Um, I want to talk about the Patriots for just a minute. Because we're talking about it. Ralph and I were talking in the previous segment about New England has covered at a 63% clip. Over a 15-year span in the NFL, and that's basically unheard of. What do you make of the Patriots' ability to cover point spreads at this rate? And even as the most public team in the NFL, 15 and three in 2016, uh, they go 11 and seven and one against the number in 2017. Uh, they go 12 and seven against the number last year, and profitable again this year if you're betting them every week. What's the deal with New England's ability to do something that no other team can do in any sport, which is be a point spread juggernaut year after year after year after decade? What's your take on the Patriots and their ability uh, to create profit and to create a, a groundswell of public support that continues to cash in every week betting on New England?
7: Well, Teddy, as you guys know, because you're you're betters. If I told you you could bet anything, whatever, whatever the sport team would be, and I told you you'd hit 63%, you would sign up for that every day and twice on Sunday. It's just a testament to Belichick and Brady and their organization. They're just incredible. And people realize no matter what the point spread is, if you bet New England in the long haul, you will make money. It's just it's incredible. And like you said, over a 15-year span, we could live another 10 lifetimes. We'll never see that again.
1: Uh I'm with you. I mean, and and again, here in 2019, New England has been a significant profit producer. Of course, we're coming in off an NFL Sunday. that saw a fair bit of action. Why don't you tell us some of the biggest winners and losers from yesterday in the NFL at the Caesars family of sportsbooks?
7: All right. So we'll start with the bad. Uh, Ravens were probably our worst decision of the day. And uh, the Packers as well. But Ravens was number one. Our biggest winners were the Redskins early in the morning in that slot-filled game in D.C. And something you rarely will hear from me, we actually need the Cowboys Sunday night. Normally people are, you know, Cowboys, 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 but everyone seemed to be jumping off Dallas over the last couple weeks. So we actually needed the Cowboys last night, and they came through for us.
1: So, yeah, when you need the Redskins and the the Cowboys, and they both come through – You know, the confidence level for Washington, I'm sure, uh, wasn't particularly high. For Dallas, you had to be pretty confident last night. That game set up pretty well uh, on paper, no question um, about that one. Uh, Ralph, you want to ask him about Saturday?
2: Yeah, well, let's go ahead and move to Saturday. You know, we—I uh, guess the good news is Ohio State didn't play Saturday, but the bad news is they played on Friday. Uh, did you <laughs> continue to covered. get Buckeyes money? <laughs> and, and tell us, tell us about the best and worst of Saturday. You're absolutely
7: right, Ralph. We didn't have to. Uh have Ohio State kill us Saturday they just killed us on Friday but uh you know what Saturday it's funny outside the Mich outside of the Michigan Penn State game which was you know the marquee game of the day a lot of our action on Saturday had a west coast feel to it basically the highest bet games or BYU Boise Arizona State Utah Oregon Washington and I'll start with the Oregon Washington game that was basically our big loser of the day was uh Oregon or was Washington losing so pe- people were on Oregon and then our winners, BYU was a, was a nice one for us, and Baylor. Everyone seemed to be on Oklahoma State. And not only did Oklahoma State not cover, they got killed. So that was a nice one for us.
1: Uh, and, and that I was, felt I like the sharp play well, of the week, so everyone I was, I was talking <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I heard multiple people talking about the Oklahoma State side. It was one of those plays that everybody seemed to like uh, last week. Didn't quite pan out. Let me ask you this real quick. Ohio State and Oklahoma, those are your two biggest money losers in college football this year. I, I would think that that would be the case. Are those the teams that have that have really killed you?
7: Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, you know, Bama's there because Bama, you know, they usually cover even though this week they didn't. So actually, Bama was, you know, was a mild win for us this week because, you know, like I said, people are going to blindly be betting these Ohio State Oklahoma, Alabama, they don't care what the spread is. They're just going to bet them. So, But, yeah, for sure, Ohio State number one, Oklahoma right behind them.
1: (laughs) The Buckeyes and the Sooners causing uh, the Link Sportsbook lots of problems. Of course, we're talking uh, with Arthur Caesar from uh, the Link Sportsbook, one of the Caesars family of books. And uh, let's talk about the early action for this week, early bets off the openers. Where's the initial sharp money showing? Uh, at, at the Caesars properties, NFL or college for this coming weekend's betting action.
7: So the one game of note that I could say college football, we really, because we put the lines basically out this morning, you know, you don't get anything yet, but our NFL lines come out Sunday night. So the biggest one so far is green Bay was minus three at Kansas city on Sunday night football. It's now four and a half. Obviously the Mahomes news we've known for a while. So, I mean, that number jumped pretty quickly, and I mean, you could see that number even rising a little bit higher as we get to Sunday night for that.
1: Yeah, I made a a 10-point adjustment to my uh, Kansas City Chiefs power rating, and I wasn't sure that I made enough of an adjustment. The markets initially made about a 7-point adjustment to the number, uh, and it's getting closer and closer to my 10-point adjustment uh, as we speak.
2: Arthur, you yeah, know, absolutely. Let's I talk mean, a little baseball. Sorry, we, sorry. Let, let's talk. Let's let's move and talk to a little baseball action. And you know, Houston, an exciting walk off. And you know, my first question is this: Are we getting are we getting money on Houston or Washington as far as the series is concerned? And number two, does Garrett Cole being a two hundred favorite? hurt some of the action for people not wanting to bet a big favorite or perhaps not wanting to go against them.
7: Everything I've seen so far, Ralph has been nationals, nationals, nationals. People are taking them for the series. They're taking them for game one. Um, it's just been national money so far. And it's funny to me because the nationals being off for a week, I personally think that will hurt them because they've had such nice momentum. But, you know, I guess people think, hey, this is going to be a pitching series. And if I can get plus 180, plus 190, plus 170, whatever the number may be, you know, I'm just going to take the plus money here. So it's definitely been Nationals money.
1: So, uh, Arthur, we have to talk NBA. Uh, And I'm going to ask you one question right off the the top. Does anybody beat NBA? I don't think there's a worse sport reputation-wise among professional betters than the pros. Uh, anybody beat NBA? Plain and simple, yes or no? Do you guys worry about NBA betters?
7: No, um, that's a simple answer. NBA is funny because it's every day, and you, you, you basically don't see the guy coming in and making the sharp play on one bet. It, it's everyone wants to do a three-teamer, a four-teamer. People are basically just throwing their twenty bucks in on a parlay for NBAs every day. You rarely see the guy who comes in and is very sharp on NBA. Like you said, NBA is tough. But it's funny that you say it because I told you guys in the last show, I love betting the NBA. I love the over-unders. I love the ref analytics, all that stuff. So NBA is a lot of fun, I think. But it it definitely can be very hard.
1: I'm with you. And the fact that fewer sharp bettors get involved in NBA makes me all the more interested. It's not beatable. It's not beatable. Arthur, me and you are going to find a way. Have you seen any early NBA opinions or any early NBA sharp action yet?
7: Nothing yet, to be honest with you. We, uh, we put the lines out for the Tuesday, the two Tuesday games uh, yesterday. So really haven't seen much yet. Uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. Obviously, you have the Laker-Clipper game, which is a great matchup. Paul George is out, so it hurts it a little bit. And then Zion being out for the Pelican-Raptor games is probably really going to hurt that game. I mean, you know, Zion's going to be one of the biggest stories of the NBA season and him kind of starting the season on the shelf. Probably going to hurt that game a lot.
1: No doubt. Time for plugs and promos, Arthur. Uh, we're a little short on time, so you got to go quick. 30 seconds. What do we got for Caesars Entertainment this week?
7: All right, gentlemen, like always, come down to the link. Check us out in the fan cave. I'll be more than happy to say hi to people and let you know what we're doing down there. And check me out on Twitter, at ArtDice21. And appreciate you as always, gentlemen. You guys have a great day.
1: Thanks, Always Art. a great segment with Arthur de Caesar. When we come back, yeah, we're gonna talk NBA. You bet, we're gonna talk NBA right here on. stretch of a wager talk. And of course, uh, you know, that's a, I, I love that segment with Arthur de Caesar, but it also brings us into another topic here. Cause Arthur was talking about, I asked him flat out, does anyone beat NBA? And his answer? No, not really. Do The wise guys pound NBA. No, you know, they'll get involved with the totals. Does he bet NBA? And he goes, yeah, I bet NBA too. I love betting NBA. And I got into betting NBA. You know, I got into this whole business as a bookie. I, you know, I, my, my senior year at Michigan, my financial aid package included about $5,000 of what they called unmet need. Well, <laughs> how do you make some cash? All right, let's try. Let's be an amateur bookie. And I had a friend, and he said he knew what he was doing, and he didn't know what he was doing. I'm like, all right, let's try it. Let's try it. We did okay. We got through a football season. We made some money. We got through March Madness, made some money. In the NBA, As a bookie, I'd never been to Vegas at the time. You know, I was 21, 22 years old. I'm just a kid in Ann Arbor. Teasers are six points, right? Yeah, football teasers are six points. We gave, not knowing, NBA teasers out for six points for a full year. That next year, we came out to Vegas in the summer. We're like, oh, wow. Teasers are only supposed to be four points in the NBA. And the guys who knew it were betting betting all kinds of teasers with us. You know how many people beat us? None. Nobody. We gave out two extra points on teasers for a year in the NBA as amateur bookies, and nobody beat us, which tells us two things. One, NBA's a tough nut to crack. And two, if you're going to tease, for God's sakes, don't tease basketball. You can tease around the key numbers in football. But those four, four four-and-a-half-point teasers in hoops will kill you. Nobody beats them. They're not going to do you any good. You can be right all game and lose it in the last two seconds on free throws. It's a frustrating way to go. I would encourage you. Spend your time with the NBA. It's beatable. But if I do think it's beatable if you spend the time with it. But if you're trying to beat NBA on stats, if you're trying to beat NBA on spots, if you're trying to beat NBA on teasers, best of luck, brother. I think it's a difficult, difficult thing to do. True story from back in the early 90s when my old bookie days, Ralph, was a long, long time ago. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to spend with Ralph and I. Thanks to Art DeCeaser for joining us from the Link Sportsbook today. And thanks to you for watching. We'll be back again in 23 hours. Your Sports Central for Gamblers is done. We'll do it again tomorrow.